time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love talking this weekend about living and loving in the Word. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, 101 FM and 1120 AM. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. Thank you, Gavin, for... Gavin is our producer. He keeps us all straight and deals with our lack of ability to start on time. But um, anyway, and in studio with me is my beautiful co-host, Kathy Enderbrock. Hey, Kath. Hey, Coach Carrie. Happy <laughs> Saturday morning, friends. All right, Coach Carrie, you ready to get your love walk-in shoes on I today? am. I am. Well, we're going to be preparing for the places that God has us to step into and I wonder, friends, can anyone say April? Oh, my gosh. Is it po- I know. Is it possible? Is the month of April truly already here? I'm not quite sure how that has happened, but yes, it is here. We are stepping into life this April, L-I-F-E, life, the big life that a big God would have us step into. And this is the month of Easter. And as Miss Evelyn would talk about with us so often, it's all about the Easter life. How are we living that Easter life? Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be talking about life this April. And, uh, you know, I love how each month we've kind of focused on a a different thing, Coach Mm -hmm. Carrie. And, you know, generally what we do is we have a topic for the spring, but in 2022, we've just taken month by month. Yeah. And, you know, friends, some of you may be right there with us. Maybe you're taking minute by minute or day by day. We're going month by month. In January, we started off really focusing on hope mm-hmm. and looking forward to the future with great expectations and saying no to negativity. And February, we focused on love because, boy, we need that love. And love comes from God, and then he would have us pour it out on others. In March, we focused on relationship because God has made us for relationship. And Mm -hmm. April, we are talking about life, the Easter life that God would have us live out, that he would have us live out his fulfilled promises in a world that is desperate for the life that only Mm -hmm. he can offer. And Easter is two weeks away, friends, so Mm. we need to prepare our eyes or prepare our hearts and really fix our eyes on Jesus. And we Mm -hmm. have an incredible guest in studio with us today that Mm -hmm. is going to be talking about all things life and all things life in Texas and in our nation. And we're excited to be able to talk with her in just a moment. Absolutely. You know, Kathy, and um, as we approach Easter, you know, Easter is just so different than, than Christmas because... You know, at Christmas, it's this, you know, joyous anticipation and this this celebration, which which Easter is, but we have to get through Good Friday first. And it's always a time for me to pause and reflect on, you know, everything that surrounded that Friday Mm -hmm. um, where Jesus died on the cross, the people that loved him, the people that betrayed him, the people um, that didn't understand him. You know, you can really think about all the people around him and figure out who you are, right? You know, if you were there, would you have been the one that loved him? Would you have been one of the ones that betrayed him? Would you have been one of the ones that didn't understand him? And where are you now in your walk, mm-hmm. right? Do you love him? Do you not understand him? Um, are you ready to walk away from the faith? And so, and then anticipating his glorious resurrection, that empty tomb on Sunday morning. And just as I say that, I just, I get a, a smile on my face and a, and a quickness to my voice because that's what our faith is all about. We don't serve a dead Savior. We so serve true. a risen Savior who is with us every single day, who we can talk to, who we can walk with, who we can, who we can do life with. Mm-hmm. And... No other religion on the face of the planet has a risen Savior, only Christians. And, you know, and Jesus said, I came that you would live, but that not only that you would have life, but that you mm-hmm. would have life abundantly. Mm-hmm. And, friends, I would just ask you this Easter, this April, as we focus on life, how are you living out your life in relationship with your Savior who mm-hmm. is alive and active? Is he alive and active in your heart and in your mind and in the minutes of your day. And what does your life look like? And I was thinking about, you know, 
an acrostic, and Miss Evelyn always loved her acrostic. She did. She did. She came up with the best one. Yeah. And I thought life is L-I-F-E, and L, you know it has to be love, right? Right, right, right. right. Okay, so Miss Evelyn, <laughs> we, L is love, and we got that. And I just think L-I-F-E, love is from, but then I thought E, what what word is a e, e word e for word God, for, uh-huh. right? And then when I got into God's word, I realized Every single name of God starts with an E. Mm-hmm. El Roy, Elohim, mm-hmm. El Yon. Every single mm-hmm. name of God starts with an E, and I just loved mm-hmm. it. So where are you getting your love from? Because, friends, I'm telling you, if you're not getting your love from God, you're getting it from the wrong place. Then it's not life. That's true. Then it's not life. Right. God's love is a life-giving, life-filling, life-building love. And any other love that is any love that is not from God is is a is a love that destroys, mm-hmm. a love that is temporary, a love that is fleeting. And um so we're going to talk our key verse today. We're going to kind of talk through this with our um, with our very special guest today, and, and you're really going to get this verse once we get into the conversation. <laughs> right. And friends, just prepare your yards for a minute for this verse, because when you hear it, it is a big verse, and it can come across as a hard verse, but it is a beautiful verse if you can wrap your heart around it. And it is, comes straight out of the Old Testament from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. And it says this, this day... I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. And friends, we have choices before us. Um, This day, this weekend, this week, this April, um, we have choices before us, and we want to choose life and choose well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, April being a spring month, right? We've already had spring forward, and the blue bonnets uh, start popping up. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just so appropriate to talk about life this month. Well, Kathy, before we introduce our guest, um, we need to, we've been remiss. We have not talked about your book and maybe, uh, you know, a couple of weeks. Tell us what's going on with My Voice, His Heart, this beautiful book on prayer that you have put together, um, I, you know, for not only personal use, but for use with women's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you've put together just a beautiful glorious way to look at prayer. So what's going on? Well, you know, originally uh, this uh, wins, w- this women's ministry gal, she said, Kathy, you know, your prayer for beginners CD, um, would you write a book on that? Just explaining that, delving into that a little bit more. Just write a book for for that talks about prayer, not just for beginners, but may- maybe even for women who've been praying for a long time, but but have a lot of misconceptions about prayer or who aren't really pressing into a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I've written training manuals and chapters and mm-hmm. in books and I like that easy peasy pie, right? I'll just spend six months, write a book and be done with it, you know, maybe 75 pages for this specific church. And so I wrote it. My, my board of directors approved, you know, my time away to be able to do that and the funding for it. And so I got into writing it. And 18 months later, I finally. <laughs> Easy peasy pie, oh 18 months later. <laughs> and um, so I got this book done. And, you know, as it turns out, God didn't have it just to be for one church. And so I have um, some churches in Idaho and in Texas and in New Mexico who are sharing this book with their women who are signing up for spring Bible studies. And so I'm just, I'm getting excited about what he's doing with it, but it is also really made for just if a woman wants to pick up Mm -hmm. this book to learn how to really engage with the Lord in prayer. 
and to learn how to hear his voice. Yeah. You know, friends, God is speaking and he wants us to listen. He he delights when we bring our requests to him. But boy, how we benefit when we quiet our hearts and mm-hmm. listen to what he would want to speak to us. And yeah. so if if you would like to get a copy of My Voice, His Heart, you can find it at Barnes & Noble. You can find it at Amazon. If you are a church women's ministry leader, I will send you a free copy uh, if you just text me uh, my voice, his heart to the love line at 512-644-7972, I will get in touch with you and make sure you get a free copy that you can consider for your women's ministry. Well, Coach Carey, what has been up with you? You mm-hmm. have had the basketball season that has been amazing. Mm-hmm. You won the state uh, championship within divi- your division with Mackenzie mm-hmm. her senior year. Mm-hmm. Then you went and uh, you were the coach for the, what is it, the all-star team. All-star which team. Which kind of sounds Super really fun. cool. Yeah. Have been traveling a yeah. lot. I'm guessing this April you're catching your breath. I, I Yes, glove, glove. That's what I feel like, like a glove, glove, like I'm kind of treading water. But all the things that the Lord has um, given me have all been just so good. It's my job to manage my time in a way that glorifies Him. And so, yes, it's just been a a wonderful uh, past you know, month or so, um, really just this whole journey. And I can't believe it's April because whenever you say it's April, then that means May is next. And that's when Mackenzie <laughs> graduates. And so I'm not quite ready for that, but um, moving in that direction for sure. Well, I'd love to go ahead and introduce our special guest today. Mm-hmm. Every time I am around Carol Everett, I, um, man, Carol is just a pistol. I don't know how to describe you, Carol. That's just the first word that always comes to mind because you have so much energy and so much passion for what you do. And I love being around you um, because you just um, bring such breath into a room. Um, uh, Yes, our special guest today is Carol Everett. She is the founder and president of the Heidi Group, which is a nonprofit group dedicated to helping girls and women in unplanned pregnancies and help them make positive life affirming choices. Again, our focus this month on life. She is committed to educating the pro-life movement about the day-to-day activities inside the abortion industry because before she became pro-life, she was involved in the abortion industry, but God just drastically changed her heart and changed her life. She has provided expert testimony in courts across the nation, as well as 33 state legislatures and Congress. And she works with a network of life-affirming nonprofits across the nation. Hey, Carol, welcome back. Hey, it's so good to be with you. I know. Good to have you in studio with us. Um, we're just, we're, we're grateful. It's probably been at least a year since we've had you in studio, Carol. Were we here during the pandemic? Maybe. Maybe I don't on, remember. Maybe don't on remember. Zoom yes. or, like, yeah, online. Yeah, we did when we were doing the Women in the Words yeah. series. Oh, That's right. Yeah. Add okay. you yes. on. I remember yes. that. Yeah. Well, so for some of our Love Talk listeners, we have a lot of new listeners in our audience. And, friends, thank you for everyone who is going and visiting us on Facebook and following us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I promise you I'm going to get better about Instagram. I am signed up for a little Instagram course my well, daughters, you. my daughters are embarrassed about how horrible I am <laughs> on Instagram, and you know it looks so easy, but not for me for some reason. But thank you, friends, for following us on Facebook. You can find us at Love Talk Network Radio on Facebook, and we love your comments. And so we do have a lot of new Love Talk listeners, but we have those who've been with us for years. The program's been on the air for 37 years yes. now. We just love that. So. Many of our listeners will know you, but some of our listeners, you will be new to them. Can you start out, um, Carol, by sharing with us how you came to know that Jesus loves you? I did not come to know Jesus loved me when I became a Christian. It was a process. It was a long Mm -hmm. process. And I came from the other side. I came from the abortion industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in a world of hate and anger. And Mm -hmm. so I had to see God with skin on, with... um, Christians who loved me unconditionally, who discipled mm-hmm. me, who cared for me. And it was a, a very long process. And I'll tell you where it finally ended. It ended with evangelism explosion. Oh, um, EE, the old EE. After I'd been a Christian for a while, we started teaching it in our church, and I started taking it. And when you put all those scriptures together, 
you know God loves you. Mm. And then when you start going out and knocking on doors and seeing other people's lives change before you, you knock on the door, you lead them to Christ, they come to church, and you see their lives change. Mm. You see God love everyone at a different level and a different way. You know, Carol, I love how you say you needed to see people around you, God with skin on, through mm-hmm. through Christians. And, you know, when you say that, it's so important for every single one of us to realize that somebody out there needs us. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, we'll continue with that. Who, how, how are you walking in life today? More with Carol Everett right here on Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thank you so much for joining us here on 101.1 FM and 1120 AM KTXW, the Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership today as we are talking with Carol Everett, founder of the Heidi Group. We are talking all about life. And so, Carol, you have an incredible Mm -hmm. testimony. And I know that there are a lot of men, women, and youth listening today who love Jesus and at the same time are completely deceived about the pro-choice propaganda and the social justice line that we are all fed that says that pro-choice is about helping women and saving lives and I know in a really unique way, you relate with each of them. Mm-hmm. You had a very successful career with Planned Parenthood. Uh, you were Your heart was to help women, yet you walked away when your eyes were open to the truth that pro-joy, pro-choice is a death sentence for both moms and children across the globe. And now, years later, you continue to work tirelessly for life, And what I think is so <laughs> ironic is that you get death threats mm-hmm. um, from those pro-choice advocates and who say they're about helping women. You're a woman and they're giving you death threats and you mm-hmm. face challenges that would stop anyone else in their tracks. It would stop me in my tracks. Right. But you press into courage instead of giving into fear. You remain steadfast. You continue fighting for the lives of women and the unborn mm-hmm. when really it would be just so much easier to stay at home and remain silent. I mean, it would be easier to stay at home and remain mm-hmm. silent. I want you to, to really share your story and testimony with us. Okay, you're laughing, but I'm telling you, the stuff that you step into every day. It's hard. It is hard. Mm-hmm. It but, would strike fear into the into the hearts of most. But you make me sound really good. Oh, <laughs> well. But I'm not. It's him. And, and I'm not doing anything you wouldn't do if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's what you were called to do. Okay. And that's mm. all I know some days is that I'm supposed to go to work and stand there and do whatever he calls me to that day. And, and I'm not a hero. But... I do believe that Jesus Christ called me to stand, and I think part of that goes back to my childhood. Uh, I had a, I grew up in a home that just argued all the time. I mean, we had five fights before breakfast, so a good debate doesn't scare me at all. <laughs> I mean, let's get it on, you know. Uh-huh. And so um, that really is a lot of the reason I believe that I'm able to do what I do. Not that it's that bad, but still. Well, so share with us about, you know, you worked in Planned Parenthood. Weren't you a clinic director? I did not work in Planned Parenthood. I was too too greedy for that. Oh, my goodness. I wanted my own clinics. I worked with Planned Parenthood, saw what was happening through them. I opened a clinic. I I actually, it's a long, long story, but let's just shorten it to say that I did the booking for two clinics, one in Fort Worth, one in Dallas, and they worked with Planned Parenthood. We had an agreement with Planned Parenthood. When a girl came into a Planned Parenthood in Fort Worth, she had to be given a sheet of at least three choices for abortion. She was given a sheet, but our name was Circles. And mm. at the end of the month, the director got a check for each referral from that clinic. Oh, wow. And oh. Um, she also drove a brand-new Cadillac that um, they took away from her when she retired. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but there's, I saw so much money in there, and I wanted my own. And so I ran those two clinics, booked those for those two clinics, and then started my own and um, with a doctor because you have to have a doctor when you kill a woman, and you've got to have a cover-up. Now, help me understand. Mm. Now, aren't these – these are clinics that are supposed to provide women's health services, yet you call them abortion clinics. How does that – I yeah. mean, do, do what – because I've heard that, mm. that these women's health clinics, how do you tell which ones are really women's for women's health? 
It's, it's That's a convoluted be, answer, right? <laughs> you can't answer that easily. It has to be something that really gives her real choices. For instance, mm-hmm. when you go to Planned Parenthood today, if you're a woman on contraceptives, they're going to tell you what they want you to take. They're not going to say, these are the choices and this what is what happens to your body with this and this and this. Mm-hmm. This is what birth control pills do. This is what IUDs do. Mm-hmm. And now they want you to put an IUD in a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. But mm. a real clinic, a real life-affirming clinic is going to say, this is what happens to your body. And go through all of the op- options, all of the risk, evaluate them. That doesn't happen. But you see, Planned Parenthood wants, I can't say that, I guess, but our clinics wanted three to five abortions between the ages of 13 and 18 from every <gasps> girl. And so in order to do that, you've got to help her get pregnant. So you actually, you've heard all about all the sex education that's going on now. You go into the school as early as you can. You break down the natural modesty. You separate that child from their parents and their values, and you become the expert in their lives with sex. And then you bring them in, and I don't care how young they are. You give those girls a low-dose birth control pill with a high rate of pregnancy. You give those boys the seconds condoms. We didn't buy the most expensive condoms. We bought the cheapest condoms. How many of them were defective before they used them? Wow. So you're actually working without directly saying we're trying to get you pregnant. You're working to get them pregnant. So they'll come to your clinic and you make money. Well, you go in and you give them a contraceptive and that sexual activity goes from zero once a week to five to seven times a week. The pills don't work. The condoms are broken. She's pregnant. Who does she call? Mm -hmm. She comes back to you and says... I think I may be pregnant. And then you get out your script and you sell her an abortion. Abortion is the only choice offered by abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. Now, Planned Parenthood loves to say that they have an adoption out. No, they don't either. How many mm-hmm. girls are actually adopting yeah. their placing their babies for adoption mm-hmm. through Planned Parenthood? So mm-hmm. you set this whole scenario up with a sales pitch, and it's pretty easy. Um, you just walk them through it. We can take care of your problem. No one needs to know what's the first day of your last normal period. She gives it to you. You put it on a wheel, and instead of saying you might be pregnant, you say you're eight weeks pregnant. Oh. Planted that seed over the telephone. And the next question, is this good news or bad news? It's not good news, or she would not be calling an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. And she says, bad news. You, again, reassure We can take care of it. No one needs to know. And now you get her in. You get her to bring her money. Wow. And I held the hand of one young woman while she had her ninth abortion oh my gracious it's a method of birth control in this nation wow so how did you get out of that carol like what what convicted you i remember one time you when you were on the program you said originally it was about the money and what convicted you to to move away from that industry into the exact opposite industry I never planned to move to the exact opposite. It didn't. It just kind of worked that way. No. <laughs> God, okay. God worked that way. I'm, I am sitting there in a place that once a month we're putting a girl in my car with a bad, bad complication. We're not taking her to the closest hospital or to the place that would take the best care of her. We're taking them across town to a hospital that will help us in our cover-up, to a doctor who will not report us for violating, for killing this girl. Mm-hmm. Once a month. I'm struggling, but I want to be a millionaire. And the way for me to be a millionaire is to sell 40,000 abortions a year. And that's five clinics surrounding the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We had two open with plans to open three more in the next year. Really had trouble because everyone inside that abortion clinic fights. Doctors, nurses, counselors, partners, everybody. And so we called in this man that was introduced to us as a business counselor. He was very, very strange He's still kind of strange. But um, he said he could solve our problems by meeting with us an hour a week for four weeks. You know I can talk to anybody for four hours. <laughs> and so we started meeting. And the first time he interviewed me and the second time I interviewed him. And I didn't understand him. He didn't fit in my world. He didn't drink. He didn't cuss. He didn't run around on his wife. I mean, you know, he didn't fit. All those doctors were characters. Anyway, um, I finally said... Um, are you a preacher? He said, yes. So what in the world are you doing in this situation? God sent me. I said, uh-huh. what? God sent you? I'm a Christian. I want you to know I have a Bible in the top right-hand drawer of my desk. I want you to know I tithe on all this money. I pray every day. Oh, wow. I didn't tell him I prayed none of those girls would die. Right. And I prayed there'd be a lot of abortions that day. But he was not impressed. And he just went on. He said, uh, 
Carol, my deacons and I have been praying for some time. We believe there's someone inside this abortion clinic that God wants out. We are going to be leaving in 30 days. Now, I had picked out the person I wanted him to take with him when he left. <laughs> that doctor's girlfriend and just yeah. go. Um, but he didn't stop there. He just said, Carol, God loves you. He knows mm-hmm. you can't be good enough. He knows you can't work hard enough. You can't get to heaven by yourself. But because he loves you so much, he made a way of escape for you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to walk the face of this earth, to live a sin-free life, and to die on the cross as the perfect sacrifice for your sins. Mm. And by this simple act of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, your life can change. Would you like for me to pray that prayer and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life? Well, I've been a deal maker all my life. (laughs) That was simple. Uh Pray the prayer, shut the man up. Yeah. (laughs) But he is still the king of the word prayer, and he prayed and said, Now I want you to pray this after me. And I did. Dear God, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. Reign on the throne of my heart as Savior and Lord. Make me a worker in your vineyard. Amen. Mm. I stood up. I shook his hand. I walked out. I got in my car. And I thought, does this crazy man really think I'm going to leave all this money and go to California to work in a vineyard? (laughs) That was the thing that stuck in my head. That's what I remembered. Mm -hmm. But when I got back to the clinic, something was different. They were not happy to be there. They were all crying. I'd never Mm -hmm. seen that before. And I started taking them back in my office and sitting down knee to knee, eye to eye. Mm -hmm. Why are you crying? And, of course, Mm -hmm. they'd tell me, and it would be something so simple. And I would say, your parents will not kill you. Your parents love you. Would you like for me to go home with you and help you talk to your parents? Mm. At the end of that day, I was not saying, isn't this great? I saved three babies. I was saying I lost $75. My commission was $25 for each one. I was going there, $75 down the drain. And I fell to my knees in the abortionist's office in that abortion clinic and prayed a heart prayer. Mm. Lord, if there is a Lord, if this is not where you want me, hit me over the head with a two-by-four. Now, I stood up. And all of a sudden, I was going to lead all those people in that abortion clinic to the Lord. <laughs> you know what? Wow. New, you know what a new Christian's like. I mean, they're they don't know what they're doing, but they're certain they can do it. And uh, I started talking to the doctors and all kind. Of, they were all thinking I was crazy, of course. But we we kept going. And on the twenty seventh day, the television stations, the CBS affiliate in in Dallas, did an expose on abortion clinics doing abortions on women who were not pregnant. They had come into our clinic as patients, three of them, and we had attempted to sell them all three abortions. And they had us taped and their own video. Hey, babe, got your money. Why don't you just do it today? Mm. That was my answer to prayer. Wow. I, I walked out that day, and I didn't realize it until years later that on the 30th day, I went back in and got all my personal effects. Wow. But I walked out of there 30 days after that man said someone would be leaving in 30 days. And I Mm. walked into a wilderness. I mean, I did not know how to become a Christian or what to do or how to live. The man and woman who led me to Christ discipled me. They spent some part of every day with me for 18 months. And they're still there. They're still there. I talked to them. Wow. But in the beginning, I guess maybe still, they're feeding me scripture, answering every question with scripture. Mm -hmm. And... um, I started to change, and I started a quiet time, and I started going to church, and I started doing, you know, I had a very dogmatic quiet time, two chapters every day, no matter what. <laughs> and uh, I found the 139th Psalm. Oh. If you break that down a little different um, than the way we normally do, if you break down verses 1 through 13 as talking about where the mother is, mm-hmm. even in the depths of hell, God knows where she is. Mm-hmm. Answers the rape and his incest question. Mm. And then 13 through 16 talk about the baby. And when I read that about how we're each knit together inside the darkness of our mother's womb, mm-hmm. That's when I, a six-month-old Christian, that's when it hit me that I'd been involved in the murder of 35,000 babies. Mm. The death of one woman that I knew of, I now know of others, and the maiming of 18 women at the point of major surgery. Mm. And uh, I, no human can handle that. Yeah. But First um, John one nine says, if you will confess and repent of your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And He's still working on me. <laughs> it's not over. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's always 
At first, it was a little harder. Now I know the answer. People would get in my face and say, you can never get to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's where they are. That's not where I am. Mm-hmm. For there's yeah. no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And it's my opportunity to tell them who our Jesus is. Mm. So life is very different for me now. It's, yes. It's been, um, but, you know, when I got out, I wanted to go sell real estate. I didn't want to be a pro-lifer. I mean, I thought we all wore purple plaid polyester bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were all nuts. But um, <laughs> all the pro, you thought all the pro-lifers the were pro-lifers nuts. The pro-lifers were Remember, that's where I came from. And, right. And I, and I look at these people now. And uh, we were standing in front of the abortion clinic, and I remember how we were afraid of them. We were scared to death of them. We thought we didn't know what they were going to do. But they're the ones out there loving, too, and caring. But as only God can, he moved me around, and he put me in this church that had prayed me out and that loved me through it all. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And now today you actually not only work with the legislature to propose and pass pro-life legislation, but now you open and manage and coordinate centers that truly help women. Yes. So how how many years did it take for God to get you from? Uh, Actually, the first time I testified was April 15th, 1985. Oh, wow. And Bill Price was still working, and he wanted to regulate the abortion clinics, and we passed four pages of regulations <laughs> that said nothing. That said nothing. <laughs> but that was, um, I walked in there scared to death. My mm-hmm. church had met the night before and all prayed, laid hands on me, prayed for me. I mean, I was all prayed up, but I was still scared. And um, uh, there were my old pro-choice friends. Just two rows of them, and here's me, you know. Anyway, um, I saw the difference that day, and that's really when my pro-life work started that day. That's the day I knew that I had to tell my story. I didn't really want to work in the pro-life movement. I just wanted to tell my story and let people know what was going on inside the abortion industry. And so, Carol, what would you specifically tell Christians who are listening, who believe the lie that being pro-choice and the pro-choice movement honors God, what what would you tell them? I would say read your Bible. Mm. Read Psalm 139. Read what it says. Mm -hmm. It answers the pro-choice questions. 1 through 13, the mother. 13 through 16, the baby. And the remainder of that tells us that we need to go to work for life. Mm-hmm. And I don't have it memorized, but that's what it is. But I believe that uh, that Christian is confused, and I really seriously uh, wonder if they're living their faith. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's not my job, to, but it's my job to send them back to the Bible and, and who Jesus is. And, you know, uh, I love to tell them that Jesus was the ultimate unplanned pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and his mother chose life. And yeah. if not for that, we would not have. Our salvation. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I love, Carol, is that you speak from a heart of grace and compassion because you were there. <laughs> you you went to church. You you tithed, and and yet you your focus was on uh, abortion and um not and and you believed that that was helping that that was helping these these young women. I think the part of your story, Carol, that that strikes me is that so many times when we do things in our lives that are dark, we run to the closet and we tell no one. We tell no one. We don't want to speak it because when we speak it and we say, I did X, Y, and Z, then it, then you have to take accountability for it, right? And then you have to, somebody else knows, and then, and then, well, maybe I'm going to be embarrassed about it. Maybe I... You know, you, all these thoughts run through your head. Is am I still going to be loved? Lord, do you still love me? Is is this person like I? You feel so guilty about what you've done that you don't want to bring it to light. Yet you sit here, all these years later, and God gave you the ability and the forgiveness to be able to share your story in a way to help others. Mm-hmm. How hard was it for you to initially share your story? You have to count the cost, and the cost starts with your family. 
because your children are going to hear what their mother did. Right. Your mother's going to tell you to stop just airing your dirty laundry. Mm. Right. Yeah. And and they're going to and there are my mother was ashamed of me almost until the moment she passed away. She finally came around in the last year, but um, there's a cost to it. Now, um, mm-hmm. I wasn't smart enough to count all that cost. What I believed was I had to tell the truth because I knew that, and I, I am, I am not this hero. That's not who I am. But I knew that people did not know what was happening in the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. And I knew there were people that were coming out, but they weren't telling the whole story. And they didn't know about the money, and they didn't know about all the deaths, and they didn't know everything I knew. And there was something in me that God turned, that he flipped, because that's not really me. But I wanted to tell the truth, and I really thought I could just tell it once or twice, and it'd be over, but that's not what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I really thought that there was a way. But I think that, you know, I okay, I had an abortion, and we didn't talk about that. I had an abortion two weeks after Roe v. Wade. Mm. That changed my life. And I think we need to go back to the pro-choice people just a minute because the pro-choice people are very hurt people. Sure. They're not healthy people. They're very unhealthy. And I was justifying taking the life of my own child every time I sold another woman an abortion. Mm. I was very hurt, very ill, very sick. Mm. And that need only God could heal it. And he's still working on it. But mm-hmm. I believe we need to pity them in some ways and know they need him. That's the only hope for them. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, we were talking about me going to church. All the heads of the abortion clinics in the Dallas-Houston area went to church. They all had a church. Wow. They tithed. They, were, they wanted to be seen. That was justification of a real sin in your life. And it's okay if you go to church and they like you. Yeah. You don't run wow. around and tell them what you do, but yeah. they all did. And it's... Um, I now wish, I know of one pastor who said to one abortion clinic director, you can't come to my church because of what you do. Wow. But there aren't very many pastors brave enough to do that, especially when you're writing big checks. Yeah. Wow. So Mm -hmm. there's a prayer I pray, and we just need to pray it, Lord, show me the lies I'm believing. Show me the lies I'm believing. Oh, I'm believing. that can uh, apply to so many, so every, many areas of our every, life, Every right? area of our life. Yeah. Mm. Because of that, I will tell you this, you will be shocked if you sit down with the journal how many lies you're believing. <laughs> because the voice, the voices in our head, some of those are our voice. Yes. Some of those are the Lord's voice. But a lot of those are the enemy's voice. We have to be able to discern that difference. And the way you do that is pretty simple. If it doesn't line up with Scripture... It's wrong. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and Carol, I want to hear about all the incredible things that are going on with the pro-life movement in Texas, because I think it it matters who we vote for. It matters who is sitting in those congressional seats. It matters who is governor. It, it matters who lieutenant governor is. All of these things matter every time we cast that vote every time we have an an opportunity to cast that vote that we not stay at home but we get out and vote because no pro-life legislation can get passed if there is not a pro-life person sitting in the seat that can pass it i i know we we only have about two minutes left in this segment what is the biggest legislation that has passed and what has been the the difference that it has made in the state of texas the heartbeat law. No oh. question. I wish we had time to talk about the young man who came up with that because he knew what he was doing because it could not be challenged the way normal laws can be challenged. But on September 1, the day that took effect, across the state, a 50% increase in girls and women in unplanned pregnancies walking through the doors of our 200 pregnancy resource centers. Oh, wow. In some areas right now, it's as high as 90%. Wow. 90% increase Increased. in women coming to see yes. And yes. something different than an abortion. And... They are choosing life, and many of them are coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Let's remember, I believe, of course, it's just my belief, that unplanned pregnancy is the largest mission field in this state and this nation. There are over 5 million women in Texas right now, and those are the old statistics, at risk of an unplanned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's not including married women. You know, and I love what you said is that, uh, you know, the goal of, like, Planned Parenthood is to go into the schools, get them at the earliest age you can, 
and start being that expert on sex and almost grooming them for sex and preparing them for sex. I want to I want to talk about that. What can we as parents, as women, as as men, grandparents who are out there, what can we do um, to, you know, stop that at the at the foundation um, so that we can see um, healthy, these healthy youth graduating from our schools and stepping into the life that God has for them. And then I also want to talk about what can our churches do? What can we do to support these 5 million unplanned pregnancies of these girls who we we need to be choosing life? Friends, we have to go to break, um, but we will be right back with you more with Carol Everett, all about life. We're going to hear from our sponsors, but you're going to want to stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here in the KTXW studio. Thank you for being with us this beautiful Saturday morning as we discuss life, Easter life, uh, this April with our amazing guest, Carol Everett, founder of the Heidi Group. And Carol, you know, I want to say, friends, if you have missed the first two segments of our program, you are going to want to go to our archives mm-hmm. at Love Talk Network and get those those first two segments and uh, just listen into everything that you've missed. Carol, you've shared your incredible testimony about how you were fully engaged in the abortion industry, where your goal was to, to become that millionaire. And when you saw three women choose life, rather than seeing them, rather than taking the perspective that you had just saved three babies, you took the perspective that you had just lost $75. I mean, that is that is where your heart was. That is where your mind was. Yet there were those who were praying for you. And I just love how you how you just showed us how God completely has changed your heart and changed your life and how you are now an advocate for life. And we wanted to talk about and have you share with us uh, just what is happening? You talked about this um, heartbeat law mm-hmm. and the incredible difference that has made in the state of in the state of Texas. Um, and I want you to talk a little bit about how we can make a difference for those women right now who are choosing life in the middle of those unplanned pregnancies, and how we as voters and moms and dads can make a difference in those lives today. Not a very easy question. No. no. <laughs> Let's go back to this one thing. There's always one thing I wanted to go back to, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's when parents saw what their children were being taught yeah. and stood up. Mm-hmm. And I think that started what will probably be a huge wave of truth coming into homes and children being taught the right things. Now, is it coming to the schools yet? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. They're still fighting, but that's okay. Um, the Heartbeat Law was written by a young man who had researched to know how to keep it from being challenged. And as you know, the challenges so far have fallen. And, of course, it's back to the Fifth Circuit now. We believe it will be upheld. We also believe there might be a chance that Roe v. Wade would fall. Mm-hmm. Now, we've thought that that would happen at the end of June, but right. I had a call um, last week from an attorney in New Jersey, and he thinks that the, uh, the D.C. lawyers are saying the decision may come out in late um as early as April, so we wow. might get it now. So, wow. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. that be a nice gift? But it doesn't matter. We've got to be ready. Mm-hmm. And we only have 200 life-affirming pregnancy resource centers in the state of Texas right now. They don't all have an ultrasound, but now they've got to have an ultrasound. And we need all 200, probably not all 254, but all counties to have them. Of course, you know, Dallas has 34, Houston has 26, but we need them in those unserved counties like Coriel and uh San Saba and Mesa, mm-hmm. those are the counties that need life-affirming pregnancy resource centers. And that's what the Heidi Group's doing right now. We are working to find individuals in those areas to open an independent. We don't want it to be the Heidi Group. We want it to be an independent, but we will help them open, and we will help them raise the funds, or we will raise the funds for them to have an ultrasound so every girl in every county knows where to go if she finds herself an unplanned pregnancy. So wow. you're telling me if there's a retired nurse out there or a retired doctor out there and they say we want to open a a clinic, a life affirming clinic, you'll help them do that. Yes, yes. We have two or three organizations, two or three nonprofits that will work together to get this done. Wow. And uh, we have uh, one we have three well actually probably five going right now. Our goal is 12 for the year, so 
we're kind of pushing a little hard. We're actually going in and recruiting people to do it. So what about a mom who's just seen her last daughter go off to college but doesn't have any medical background? She can be trained to be a um, advocate, a um, client advocate. A, uh, she can do lay counseling. She okay. can answer the phone. She there's many. She there. can point the women and girls in the right direction. Yes. Now, Carol, how many counties out there, in your estimation, you may know hard facts, don't have a life-affirming center? There are 21 with large populations that do not have a life-affirming center right now. Oh, wow. Out of 254 in the state, there are okay. 21. Okay. Large population. Now, that's not West Texas where there are three people in town, but right, 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 in the right, county, right. but that's the 21 that need it. So is okay. that because of lack of funds or lack of people to go and open those clinics? There are a multitude of reasons, but basically there's no one in that county that's come forward okay. to open them. So okay. let's say someone's listening today and they say, I want to step in and do that. Who do they reach out to? How do they get a hold of you? They can go online to the Heidi Group, HeidiGroup.org and uh, fill out one of our contact forms, or they can call us at, call me at 512-255-2088. What's that, what's that web address again? HeidiGroup.org. Okay. Um, well, Carol, you know, wow, you, you've, you've been through the ringer. Um, this is just a tiny bit of your story, um, but we appreciate you sharing it with us today, and I know that there's, that God sent us a listener today that needs to hear this and that wants to hear this and that maybe needs to seek a life-affirming clinic today. Where, If they're in this Central Texas area, where could someone go? Well, you can go online and pull up Pregnancy okay. Resource Centers for the state. Pregnancy and, Resource Centers. And, and they'll okay. find one. Okay. But um, And they can always call our office and we will help them find the one nearest them. I want to thank you two for continuing um, Love Talk. Mm -hmm. Um, This is very needed, and um, I appreciate you taking this legacy and walking forward with it. Wow, Carol, thank you. That brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> Pass the Kleenex. Pass the Kleenex over. You know, we we appreciate that. Kathy and I have had many, many conversations. We we love our Miss Evelyn dearly, and we miss her um, in studio with us each week. Um, and, you know, Kathy and I had to do a little soul searching and figure out if this was the path that we wanted to go. And every single week when I'm in here and I just, I, I, I know that I know that I know that the Lord does great work with this program, you know, and every now and then he'll send Kathy and I like the, this little <laughs> nugget, right, of, Hey, I heard your program last week. I'm like, what? You heard my program last week? Yay! Okay. That's so great. Um, we were with some friends this past weekend just for like 48 hours. And, um, you know, they were talking about the program. And my mom called me and she said, oh, my gosh, that program was so amazing. <laughs> and um, so thank you for saying that, Carol. We we really do appreciate that. We um, we. We love our mentor, Miss Evelyn. Yes. So very, very much, as you do and as many of our guests do. And we're just so grateful that she introduced us to you so many years ago and that we get to be a small, very small part of this. Um, but, but thank you for that. Now, Carol, you know, as we, as we close out the program today, you know, you do such great work. What is your greatest hope that keeps you going that keeps you loving on others amidst pushback right amidst people that um don't understand your your fight for life what what is your greatest hope when those doors seem closed and and your strength seems insufficient well we know what we're supposed to do we're supposed to praise Mm. and that that sends all the bad thoughts away Mm. and i didn't learn that overnight that's not something I say tritely. Uh, but I've learned that praise keeps me going. But the other thing is, I'll get one of those notes like you got. Mm. One of those little notes that says, 21 years ago, I heard you somewhere and I saved my baby and here's a picture. Oh. We've got a picture in our office of this baby that is incredible. And I don't remember where I picked him up. I really don't know where it came from. <laughs> but he's an unplanned pregnancy and he's he's got this... Blonde hair that stands away from his head. <laughs> <laughs> and you look and, at that baby. And I, we, he's on the bulletin board, and I look at that baby. Yeah, that's that's 
my baby. You know, the Lord brings beauty from ashes, friends. I'm so emotional right now, but the Lord, the Lord brings beauty from ashes. You know, if, if your story is anything like Carol's, the Lord can do a wonderful work in your life. Maybe your story is not anything like Carol's. Maybe you love the Lord and you've always followed the Lord. Your story is just as important, friends, because the Lord loves us all. And praise God, he doesn't meet us where he he wants us to be. He meets us where we are. He met Carol in her office in an abortion clinic. You know, that's where he met Carol. He might meet you in your car today. He might meet you tomorrow on the playground with your children. He might meet you um, in the bar. I, I don't know. He can do amazing things, and, he, and the things that, that have brought you struggle and pain can bring someone else hope, friends. I mean, that is the story of today. The Lord brings us hope through the darkest and hardest times of our life, and he brings us peace whenever we didn't think we would ever see it again. If you are struggling or if you want to find this peace, we would encourage you to find a church. Kathy and I want to encourage you in that. Friends, they're all over. They're online. They're they're in person. I would encourage you to get out and go be with a family of believers today, tonight. There's churches that meet on Saturday night. There's churches that meet on Sunday morning. There's churches that meet on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. There's small groups every day of the week. I would encourage you to get involved with, a, with people that will love you unconditionally they will see you through they will help you friends and and go to that church that is that is preaching from the scripture if you go to a church that doesn't open the scripture you probably want to look somewhere else next week go to a church that is opening the scripture and that is preaching god's word friends if you need help with that you can call us on the love line at 512-644-7972 if you um want to get involved and figure out a way to um, know how you can start a, a, a life-affirming clinic, go to the HeidiGroup.org and um, get in contact with Carol, and she'll point you in the right direction. If you need help today, you can Google Pregnancy Resource Centers, and it can take you to the one that is closest to you today. And friends, they will welcome you with open arms, and they will love on you, and they will love your baby. Um for Kathy Endbrack, I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and we're so grateful for our beautiful guest today, Carol Everett. Friends, um, this is Love Talk. Tell your friends. They can go to Love Talk Network and find all of our archives. You can find us on your favorite podcast as well. We love you, and we'll see you next week right here on Love Talk.